Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This is the GM Shuffle. I think he could be had, and it would not surprise me if we wake up on March 17th and Lamar's on a new team. That would not surprise me. I think that would not surprise me at all. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos, like he is each and every episode. Michael, the combine has come and Stop. gone. No, we can't. And uh, let's not let's not start there. I got to start somewhere else. Okay, so oh, I'm we're, in we're, Park City. We're, we're going to start somewhere else. Uh, this okay. affects okay, you, yeah, though. Utah. This is affects oh. you. No, this is this. The, I, I'm in Park City, Utah. I had a okay. speaking engagement with Raymond James, Jim Bunn, the director of uh, Raymond James down in Tampa. Brendan Allen, huge Patriot fan. He's from Boston. They were there, and the, the vibe of the table that I sat at was when the hell is Femi going to learn about the Sopranos? Like, there's so much pressure on you from people outside <laughs> that either you get it together or it's going to be a, it's going to be effective. Like, you know, like, can't Femi just spend a whole weekend watching it? I mean, these guys, are <laughs> they're devoted to the pod. They love it. But they're, like, wondering, when are you going to put the effort in? They're, like, saying, does he really care about the pod? I said, yeah, he does. He cares. He cares. He said, well, he's acting a little bit like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. He just won't do what they ask him to do. I said, well, I understand that. So it's on you, my man. Hey, you know what? I was catching up on an episode last night. Is here my predicament? I, I explained catching on the last Catching up what we're looking yeah. for. Catching up. We're looking for, it's, you got to get this. You got, we, we're not looking to catch up, you know, catch up. No, no, no. The catch up isn't what we want. You know, we want to be able to get this, the meat and potatoes into this. You know, we're, we're midway through season two and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's starting to build. I just watched the episode with uh, Furio now being uh, Tony's guy. Oh, yeah. Brought in. And yeah, it's Furio's. He's, One he's of my a favorite episodes, Commander Dory, the woman. Uh, yes, I saw that. Greek, actually, again. yeah, she's Greek, actually. Uh, and, Gorgeous, but she's Greek way. and Italian. But the mafia boss, she she'll she'll come back in dream sequence quite a bit. But uh, okay. you know that 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 was a good one. I love Paulie over there. I had a Paul. I had a moment last <laughs> night at Newark Airport. I, I arrive at Newark Airport, go uh-huh. to the baggage claim, and an hour passes and there's still nothing. And now I know why in season one or the start of season two when Gigi yep. picked up Philly Parisi at the airport and he didn't check his bag. Now I know why. Because you you check your bag at, at United on, on at Newark Airport, it's they lost an entire plane full of bags. Think about that. Jeez. Like this wasn't just my bag they lost they couldn't find. It was an entire plane, like an entire plane. That's and, awesome. and I went over to the United counter. I'm like, where, where, like can't you explain to these people? I'm literally calling out what what carousel it's going to come on. I don't even work for United. Like it's going to be on two. It's going to be on one. No, now we're back to one. It was unbelievable. So now I know. See, everything that happens in life, you can refer back to the Sopranos. So that's why I know Gigi didn't check his bag. It's yeah, you can't check your bag there, which is funny though, because I I've only been to the Newark Airport one time and everything went smooth. So I don't know if I was just lucky that well, good day for you. or what. No, I I also I flew JetBlue. I didn't fly United. Maybe that could have. Uh, 
factored into things here. But uh, yeah, no, it's it was all good for me. But yeah, I, I do remember that episode. And we are now midway through season two. And we're going to keep cranking through these things here. Uh, my goal is to make sure I get by this entire thing. By, by got, the time you that you get out people, here. You got a lot of people on your ass. I, I can just tell you that I, right I now. I know. They are. But you know what? Hey, we thrive in the pressure. And, and at least it's enjoyable to watch the episodes. So uh, we, we'll make sure to get that done. Uh, you mentioned that they couldn't find your bag. Well, the New Orleans Saints apparently found their quarterback. Because this morning we saw the report from Mike Garofolo over at the NFL Network that the Saints are closing in on a deal with free agent quarterback Derek Carr. Derek Carr will be now reuniting with his old head coach back with the Oakland Raiders, Dennis Allen, who's now in year two with the New Orleans Saints here. And this probably made a lot of sense here when we saw the Raiders and Saints have the trade talks, didn't really come to an agreement with the car and the money, but they had the inside track once we got to free agency. And now he's uh, going down to the Bayou to be the Saints QB. Well, we know it wasn't the Raiders that held up the trade talk. So clearly it was the contract. And so Mm -hmm. he had to become a free agent and he shopped himself around. I mean, just earlier today, somebody from the worldwide leader was saying he was closing in and favored the Jets. I mean, everything that's out there is such propaganda to try to drive up the market. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, at the combine, everybody is at the combine to sell their players. These agents have all these meetings and they'll tell you, we expect to get between this and this. That's the market that they want, the reality of what it is. And I think Carr's market was a lot less than, clearly was less than the 120 over three that he was going to get. Now, when the deal comes out, well, it'll come out and all the insiders will report he got this huge deal, blah, 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 bada bing, bada boom. And when you break down the contract, <laughs> it really won't be, ver- it won't be what they all said it was. So, look, for Carr, I think it's a great move. They got a good offensive line. They've got good skill players. They got to protect them really well. And, you know, he's got to be able to handle the, the, the moment in that in that dome. So we'll see. I mean, it's interesting that Allen would sign him considering the worst game of the year that Carr played was against the Saints. Hey, maybe he feels that that was just more of his doing and what he did as a defensive mind versus what Carr was doing as a quarterback. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network just tweeted out that they're giving Carr a four-year deal, according to sources, with a big QB number coming They'll make it work with their cap situation. That's me quoting Ian Rappaport. That's not me uh, reporting that here exclusively. So big QB number coming, like you predicted, that we're going to maybe see a, a big number on the surface, but you probably have to do a little bit of digging to see what the true contract is. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, it's not a true four-year contract. They're doing that contract for the spread. So, th- you know, that's why you have to really peel back the layers on these contracts. You've got to see exactly what it is because what we're being told isn't what it is, right? You know, so and the Saints, we know that that's what the Saints do. The Saints basically borrow. They have the, they're on the Wimpy program. They'll gladly pay you today for, uh, I mean, on Tuesday for a hamburger today. You know, when you're on that Wimpy program, you got to stay on it forever. You can't get off of it. Do you know who I, Wimpy is, off, by the yeah. way? Do you know who Wimpy is? I do not is? know. No, I don't, I don't understand He's, that. This right. is so hard. All right, so Wimpy and Popeye. You know the cartoon character Popeye? I, I do know Popeye, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. All right, so that's good. So Wimpy was one of the characters in Popeye, and he always wanted a hamburger, but he never had any money. So he would always say to somebody, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. So that's the Wimpy program. They just push everything off till the next Tuesday. Yeah. Kick, kick the can down the road. That's what you, the eventually the, like the ones. It's like the ones and the twos. I didn't know what that was, but at least now I stopped. I, I found that out. Now you know who Wimpy is. I think we have to have to have a glossary here to keep going. 
<laughs> we really do. Well, you're going to come out in March. Well, we're now in March. You're going to come out later on this month to Vegas, and we'll, we'll go over the, the GM Shuffle Glossary. And we're going to and do we'll be, a we'll, podcast from the Mob Museum. We'll, Elliot's we'll going to get this page. worked out. We will do a podcast from the Mob Museum right there in downtown Las Vegas, which I didn't even know existed. Did you know there was a Mob Museum there? Yeah. It's right down the street from uh, Circa. Yeah. Great. It's, it's a be- I can't yeah, wait. We'll, 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 we'll be there, and we'll be exploring all the, uh, the Vegas history and how the city came to be. Uh, but back on the car front, though, do you think that this makes New Orleans now the favorite in the NFC South, at least as we sit here in March 6th? Obviously, there's a lot of time between now and the start of the regular season. I know there were co-favorites in the betting markets with Carolina, but a lot of those teams in the NFC South were seen as potential suitors for Carr, including the Panthers. Didn't hear much on the Buccaneers on that front. Sounds like they might be interested in Kyle Trask as their quarterback, or maybe that's just blowing smoke there. But at least Carolina, we knew, had some interest in Derek Carr. But now that he goes to New Orleans, I would imagine that they reopen as the favorite to win this division. Well, I mean, I think I think this, there's a lot to be said yet. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, uh, and none of it's kind of being reported. There's a ton of activity behind mm-hmm. the scenes that, that is, and a lot of it is involved around this quarterback market. So uh, I think it's hard, It's early to tell. I think the Saints obviously have a good team. Defensively, they're good. Often, but we got to see what their team looks like, how they figure this cap construction, what they do, you know, how it all kind of plays out and where they move forward. But at least they have somebody that can utilize the skill that they have on the team that runs the West Coast style of offense that they're going to run. He's been in it before. So I think it does, but Carolina's a player in a lot of these quarterback conversations. So you got to figure out what's going on. Atlanta, they're going to be players in it too. So there's a lot of things to kind of figure out exactly what happens and where it all goes because nobody has – we don't know the quarterback ratings of the South to be able to determine who's the who has the leg up. Carr certainly right now is the best quarterback in the South compared to the other guys, but we're not sure where that's all going. Yeah, I think that's really the interesting part about this NFC South division. All four teams had quarterback uncertainties heading into this offseason. And now that we're at the week of the franchise tag deadline, next week will be the start of the new league year. We're starting to see these quarterback dominoes start to fall here. You mentioned the NFC South teams. The New York Jets were also reportedly in on Derek Carr as maybe a plan B option here. They strike out on Carr. He goes over to New Orleans to sign with the Saints, at least reportedly closing in on that deal. The guy that the Jets, though, want and Jets fans have been clamoring for is Aaron Rodgers. He's come out of the darkness retreat. He said he's not going to drag his feet on this. It was this time last year when he committed to the Green Bay Packers. What are you hearing in the latest with the four-time MVP? I think the buzz from the combine is he's definitely playing. I think there's no doubt. I think the other buzz from the combine that talk to teams around the league that is, you know, the Green Bay, it's going to get is divorce is happening. So those two things we kind of assumed, but I think we know for sure now. You know, mm-hmm. the price that Green Bay's looking for is reasonable compare it because Green Bay knows whoever takes him on has to understand that it may be year to year. So I think what we'll see is a team would give up their first round pick and then another pick predicated on how much further he goes. So if the Jets are in this thing, then the Jets would send a first-round pick to Green Bay, and then it would be attached to if he plays X amount of years. Now, the issue is you got to redo the contract, right? Yep. You're going to have to redo the contract to make it fit. And so that's what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I think this is moving, inching slowly closer to a decision. I think we'll have resolution by the 
end of this week for sure. I think there's going to be a lot of resolutions by the end of the week or into the end of next week because there's a lot of crap going on with these quarterbacks that that it has to kind of somehow get resolved. And it really starts with the first pick of the draft, right? And we saw mm-hmm. today that, you know, we, we read Ryan Poles' comments at the Combine that he's got a lot of suitors involved with his first pick, which is probably true, right? You know, he's he's, three teams. He's, yep. Well, he's got three teams, but here's the caveat that I think he's got to be concerned about. What other quarterbacks can you get? Who's out there? So we know Rodgers is out there. So that's going to take, somebody's going to take Rodgers on. I, I would say the Jets should be the betting favorite in that because I think they're the most desperate to pay that. The second mm-hmm. quarterback that's out there is we know Lamar will get franchised. Okay. So yep. just hypothetically say, the, the Ravens are not telling people they're, they're trading Lamar. I mean, that, that, they're not doing that. However, the Ravens are smart. Why would you do that? You can't do that. So the Ravens are just going to sit there and have their phone on their desk and wait. So let's just hypothetically say, which I thought was a fascinating report today by Josina Anderson, that Miami is in these quarterback markets. Okay? Fascinating, right? Miami? With your boy Tua? I mean, where's that jersey behind you, by the way? You know, with Tua? You know, all right, so if you're going, if you're Carolina, let's say, and you're engaged in polls, and polls is claiming he can get a 24-1, a 25-1, and flop this year. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy price considering that, that none of these quarterbacks are viewed as elite, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so he th- he's telling everybody he's got that. If he had that, he would have taken it by now, all right? So if you're Carolina, wouldn't you call up Baltimore and say, or Miami, wouldn't you call Baltimore up and say, instead of offering two ones and a two, offer something for Lamar and see what they do, see how they react. And I think most Raven fans would be surprised how they reacted to that. I think that they would be willing to listen because the one place Lamar wants to play is Miami, beyond any doubt that I know that. He wants to play Mm -hmm. in Miami. It's home. So if he, if Miami is now tiptoeing into this, looking at the quarterback market, don't be surprised if they don't make that phone call to Baltimore. Don't be surprised if Carolina, who's at the ninth pick of the draft, doesn't make a phone call to Eric DaCosta. Now, I'm not saying DaCosta's going to trade him. All I'm saying is, and I've said, and I've maintained this for two months now, they're going to listen. They are very good at that. They don't begin with the end in mind in Baltimore, and they'll listen. So... I think that's one possibility that's out there that I think the, he, he, let me say this tactfully. I think he could be had and it would not surprise me if we wake, if we wake up on March 17th and Lamar's on a new team, that would not surprise me. I think that would not surprise me at all. And I don't care what happens tomorrow. I mean, they're going to, fr- they're going to tag them. Yeah. I think they'll tag them on the lesser number for their cap because they'll still have to, you have to deal with them. And you got to get them signed to an extension, but I would not. I would not say that Poles is in the driver's seat because there's a lot of quarterbacks behind the scenes that are available that you might be able to get. You gave us a lot there. You, you, you emptied the clip, or maybe I'm sure you have more. In, in no, the I got more. You don't I got way more. Okay, you got more. I got way more for you. Can you say it? Or can you not say it? <laughs> but I mean, I'm not I, even I, saying what I know. I'm not saying what I know. I'm just trying to. Let, I'm trying to set the stage. Okay. All right. Well, well, let's. You've set the table, and now let's start to dig into the meal here. Because 
you mentioned how Lamar wants to play in Miami and how he's from that area from South Florida. Josina Anderson put out that report a couple days ago. Dolphins are exploring all options. They're not necessarily committed to picking up the fifth year option on their quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Obviously, Tua last year suffering all the concussions, his health going forward. He wants to play, but who knows if the Dolphins want to commit to him going forward with the health being uh, an uncertainty for Tua. Would Baltimore want to trade within the conference, though, going to Miami? Do Do you think they care about that? And do we make too much of that? as outsiders of saying, oh, well, they would prefer to trade him to a Carolina or to an Atlanta versus going to Miami, who might have the best deal if they're desperate enough to try to upgrade the quarterback position. Remember, Lamar has a say in this, Femi. So if if Lamar wants to play in Miami, he's only going to sign an extension with Miami. So that doesn't mean Baltimore's going to take a discount deal to send him to Miami. That's not the case. I mean, Baltimore's way smarter than that. And again, uh, what I, I think Baltimore's being really smart here. They're not advertising that they're trading anybody. They're saying their phone will ring. They'll listen. As all teams should do, you should listen. I mean, obviously, Kansas City's not going to listen to trade offers for Mahomes. There's only about eight or nine players that you, you're not listening to on a trade offer. Because what fans don't understand is the cap number also impl- implements this as well. Like, I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example. If you were to call up the Rams and say to them, because the Rams have a huge bill coming to them, right? Stafford signed a four-year extension. Matthew Stafford signed a four-year extension last uh, in 2022. Now, he's got a huge option bonus coming up, I think, on the 15th or 17th that fully guarantees on the third day of the league year that fully guarantees. And they can't get out of it. Now, this is classic Rams, right? I want this guy, I sign him, and then I trade him. It's classic Rams. Brandon Cook, but let's see, we'll go through them all. I mean, Allen Robinson's out there. Or you can have Allen Robinson, yeah. whatever you want him for. So if you Leonard call the Floyd. Rams up, and, and Leonard Floyd, you call the Rams up and say, hey, would you take this contract off our hands? Now, you got to, am I saying, are they shopping Matthew Stafford? Of course I'm not saying that. But they would be dumb not to. They got to get out from the contract. So, like, don't be surprised if that – so that's another player, in fact. Because what fans don't see behind the layers are the contracts. Like, if they they option themselves into that Stafford contract at 35, it's going to be enormous for them. Now, they'll say, oh, we'll handle it. It's no big deal. That's all lies, lies, lies. You know, just, this is when you, we should just cue Frank Pantangeli and say, lies, lies, lies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we should do. So what you have to do is you got to layer it. So Poles thinks he's in the driver's seat at the first pick overall in the draft. He thinks, oh, I got this thing licked. You might have it licked, but there's other quarterbacks that you might be able to get that are cheaper that may be able to get you through a certain point. On the Lamar front, to kind of put a bow on this one, we expect that the Baltimore Ravens will use the tag tomorrow. Tomorrow being the deadline for the not, franchise not tag. They will use the tag. They I will. Mean, he, I've been yes. saying that for two months. I mean, like, yeah, he's they, too they much will. of an asset. Yeah. Well, they, I just, I couch it just because life can happen and who knows. But the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> will use the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson tomorrow, whether it's the non-exclusive or the exclusive use. You're saying it's going to be the non-exclusive one, the 32 versus the 45 million of the exclusive. And the key difference with the non-exclusive is that 
Lamar can go out and negotiate a deal with another team if he's non-exclusive. And then the Ravens would have a chance to match that offer sheet or they could just decline to match it. And then they would, the other team would give them two first round picks and Lamar Jackson would be playing for another team. Do you think that's ultimately where this situation goes is that Lamar gets the deal that he wants elsewhere. That team then gives Baltimore two first round picks and the two sides ultimately go about their ways. Yeah. I I think that that's the basis of how this all starts. This is kind of how it all starts. You know, here you are, here's your deal. You, you know, bring us back something, you know, and see what we say. They could match the deal. They could say, well, that's a great deal. I'll mm-hmm. take it. You know, yep. or they could, or Lamar could say, look, I want to go to Miami. I'll do a contract. They'll give me two. See, Lamar wants over 200 million guaranteed. Okay. And, and, and like we've cited on this podcast numerous times that he should, because Deshaun Watson got 250 guaranteed. So it's not unreasonable for Lamar to ask for 200 guaranteed. So, I think to me, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that, you know, it's private that nobody knows. And this, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But if they put that, that 32 million tag on him and he goes and decides he wants to go somewhere or they say he, he's going to play for 32. I mean, Baltimore's in control of this because unless they get those two ones, you know, they don't have to do anything. He could play for the tender. So that's the best place to have power play? in a negotiation, huh? Do you think he would play on the tag if Baltimore doesn't find another suitor for him and they He's tag not him? Le'Veon with Bell. He's not that dumb. He's not going to be like Le'Veon Bell and pass up the money. I mean, come on. That might have been the dumbest thing of all time. That could be in the dumb Hall of Fame. That could be in the dumb Hall of Fame. Yeah, sat out the entire year. And then he ended up signing with the Jets, and we know that his career was never the same after that one. So Lamar that whole thing is going to start to gain some clarity over the next week, maybe 10 days, Aaron Rodgers, who we started this conversation with that one could be by the end of the week here. The jets are the known suitor for Rodgers out there, but are there other teams who are also interested? Could the Raiders Derek Carr's old team, could they be interested? Maybe another team in the NFC South, the Panthers, or maybe even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like would, do you see any team interested other than the New York jets and Aaron Rodgers? Look, I think every team knows Rodgers is a good player. It's about fit. It's about what will he pay play for, you know. Uh, you know, knowing that he's that he's year to year. I mean, I think there's a lot of hoops to go through. Dave Dunn is his agent. Dave Dunn represents Josh McDaniels, so there's a lineage there. Could he be going to the Raiders? I mean, you know, look, the Raiders are sitting there. You know, what would he what would he play for? What would it cost us? Is he worth the seven? Are you going to give up the seventh pick in the draft? To, to rent a quarterback for one year? It seems a little high, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Raiders trade down and they get a pick in the 20s and give that to Green Bay. I don't know. There's a lot of things in play that have to happen. but uh, And a lot of it starts with the contract, right? A lot of it, the guy's guaranteed $100 million for the next two years. He's got 50. I mean, what will he be willing to play for? If the Raiders sign him, how else do they configure their team? You know, you t- he takes up all the money. What do we have left? So he took all the money and he took the first round pick. Well, how do we get the team better? When we do the but, podcast. But the, but the other oh. part about this is too, what I'm saying is, is nobody's talking about the, like this option bonus as you go through the contracts for Stafford really puts them in a, a very, very difficult situation when they pick up that and they guarantee it. They have, and it's the third day of the league year in 20, you know, I mean, so 
they've got to be able. I think it's the third day of twenty-three league year. Uh, and that, I think the new league year, I believe, is at March fifteenth when that starts. That Wednesday, I believe, is when the new league year becomes official. So that would be March eighteenth or March seventeenth for when that would become an official thing for Matthew Stafford. So that's next Friday. So so let's put this in perspective. So twenty, if that that option bonus Stafford on the roster on the third day of the league year. His 23 option bonus and his 24 base salary, which is at $31 million, will be fully guaranteed. Okay? Yeah. Fully guaranteed. Now, if you were the, if you were Les Snead and Sean McVay and you saw this, this, this iceberg coming at you, Captain Smith, would you, <laughs> would you not think maybe could I talk somebody into taking this off my hands? Probably what I'd be doing at the combine this past week is what I've been doing. Uh, you know, I mean, look, you want to guarantee? I mean, he's th- going to be thirty-six but, years old. He's got an injury of history. I mean, he's a really well, good player, but this is well, typical of the Rams. You know, like I'll give you another one, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they'll they'll take they'll yeah. take a one for Ramsey. That's not a problem. The problem is you got to redo the contract. You know, the problem is you got to redo the contract. You know, and he's going to make. 17 million, but he wants to make 25. How do you do that? See, this this Ram thing, this this the, the Rams, I get the sense, are trying to kind of get out of all this and try to get some kind of clarity and strength. Whether they can do it or not, I don't know. But that doesn't mean that, that they won't do it. I'm not saying they're not going to do it. I'm just saying, if you think the Rams are reconstructing their team and it's going to be better in 24, once that Matthew Stafford bonus kicks in, and 24 is guaranteed, and his cap number's at 49.5 million, taking up 20% of the cap. Don't think it's going to be over. Don't think they're going to rebuild all of a sudden. Would you? Who's a suitor? That's that's for Matthew Stafford out there. Like, it, it, would it be one of these other teams that's still looking for quarterbacks? Because you talked about how these back channels are working. Is are there teams that would be interested in bringing on Stafford, knowing that they would probably have to rework the deal there? Well, I think that's the key. Is will he go somewhere? Would he rework the deal? You know, I mean, the, see, the NBA they dump these contracts on teams that are tanking, and they have to give up draft picks to take it. That's mm-hmm. not the NFL's model. So, I mean, look to me. I mean, if if I'm less need, do I want to do this? I'm going to put myself in the position. Like, I think this contract could really set us back even further. Is Stafford a good player? Yeah, he is a good player. We mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl with him. God bless. We love him. However, we're in a tough situation now. What do we do? How do we get out from it? Now, they'll all laugh it off and say they can do it because they've been able to get away with it. Like the Leonard Floyd deal. They get a, you know, they're going to get away with it. But that's a lot of cash to go out, and you're not sure he's going to be healthy enough. I mean, Leonard Floyd, I mean, right now, Leonard Floyd's, you know, he's going to have He's got a contract that basically he signed a four-year contract on on the twenty-first, sixty-four million, thirty-two guaranteed. So uh, he's got these roster bonuses in twenty-three and twenty-four, but they're not that much. They're only two and a half. They're only two million and two and a half million. And his paragraph five is thirteen. So he's mm-hmm. a contract that they could kind of get away from and pick up significant cap room. That's why they're trying to trade him. It almost feels like the Rams are now maybe going to hit the reset and rebuild button heading into 2023. Like just based on what you've been saying, it, it, I'm I'm getting the vibe that we could see potentially 
not saying that it's going to happen, but potentially Matthew Stafford gone, Jalen Ramsey gone. We already know that they're taking offers on Leonard Floyd. Otherwise, they're going to release him at the start of the new league year. Allen Robinson is now up for grabs if a team is interested in Allen Robinson. Uh, when the dust settles, it, it almost feels like this is just going to be what Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup hanging out or or can those guys be had as well? I don't know about that, you know, but I would say this. When this is all said and done, I can't wait to find out how much money Stan Kroenke has spent in terms of cash to buy a Super Bowl. I mean, it's enormous. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to learn what, what, what the cost of uh, of getting one of those are. And, and and to them, and a lot of people might laugh at the, oh, look, this is what happens when you ignore draft picks and blah, blah, blah. They won the Super Bowl. They accomplished the ultimate goal. It's what we do this for is to try to win Super Bowls. So you can't really laugh at them. At least I'm not going to laugh at them because they, they did what many teams are in pursuit of. But boy, the, the, the bill is coming due. And, and it's a pretty hefty bill that the Rams are going to have to pay. Michael, let's take our first break. A lot of great stuff in that block there. I think a lot of people are going to peel some stuff back there. Hopefully the aggregators don't get you in trouble. Uh, and on the other side, we will discuss some of these other quarterbacks who could be moving around. Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. This is the GM shuffle. All right. Anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man, Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game, my new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, tomorrow is the deadline for teams to use the franchise tag on pending free agents. We talked a lot about Lamar Jackson in the last segment there. Baltimore will be using that tag on Lamar. Then we'll go from there and see what they end up doing, whether they trade him, keep him, give him an extension, all the possibilities are on the table, but there's some other quarterbacks that are expected to be tagged. Daniel Jones of the New York giants Seahawks, Geno Smith, we think is going to get the franchise tag. Michael, I'll let you decide which direction you want to go here. Is Geno the more interesting one at this point? Cause I feel like we haven't heard a ton. There's just been sort of an assumption that Geno Smith will be back in Seattle. Is that what you're hearing? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we heard a lot of things. I mean, Seattle's also in play for a quarterback. I mean, look, I think where John Schneider had had done a really good job and Pete Carroll was they were able to solve their quarterback problems by just throwing stuff up there. You know, they signed Matt Flynn, they trade for Charlie Whitehurst, they draft Russell Wilson. So if they tag, to me, if I'm John Schneider, I'm telling the agent, look, if we don't get a deal done here, I'm going to tag you for one year, and I'm picking a quarterback at seven. So, like, it, it, either we either we do this deal, or I'm going to get a quarterback at seven, and he's going to be the future of the franchise. And then next year, you know, wh- wh- where are you? So let's try to get this. Let's try to come to some resolution. You know, now, am I saying that even if we come to some resolution, I'm not going to draft the quarterback at seven? I'm not saying that, but the contract will speak volumes to that. Like, right, mm-hmm. the contract will speak volumes to that. I'm not wasting the seventh pick or the eight, whatever pick they have. Six is uh, it? I, I think, think it's five. Rate. I'm not wasting the fifth pick of the draft if I have a quarterback under contract for five years. But I am going to use it on, you know, especially if I could draft Anthony Richardson at five, knowing he's got a red shirt for a year, and I got Geno Smith for a year. It's going to be an interesting decision for the Seattle Seahawks and what they ultimately do. The contract, and ultimately, I, I would assume they're going to tag him. Like, there's no way that they let him go to the open market, is it? No, I don't think so. I think it's the smart okay. play. You tag him. You tell him, look, yeah. here's where we are, and then I'm going to draft somebody at five if you don't do a long-term deal. That's just a fact. You know, look, gotcha. our offers, I'm sure they're, I, I, I'm sure as time gets tick, you know, the only way these deals get done is you're going to have to call, somebody's going to call the bluff. I mean, I mean, the Giants are just willing to overpay Daniel Jones. Like, I keep asking, who is their competition for Daniel Jones? Who are they competing with? Who are they competing with at this number? Like, who are they competing? Like, I get if this number's 20, there's a lot of people interested. Maybe at 25, there's a lot of people. So let's go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo would like to make 25, okay? But Sage Garoppolo, you know, there's always two deals. There's a hard number and a soft number. The soft number is you know, what the real cash is, the hard, I mean, the hard number is what the real cash is. The soft number is what the deal is. It's like when Carr gets announced that he signed with New Orleans, there'll be an, the announcement will be what the soft number is, what the hard number will be completely different. Okay. 
So yep. it's the same thing in the Garoppolo. Like, what what is he looking for? He probably would take a two year deal with somebody for less than twenty with a chance to get to thirty. Okay, so would you you know why would I? What's what's Car? I mean, excuse me. What's Daniel Jones like? Who's paying Daniel Jones forty hard? Who's paying that? Who are you competing with? It's like, who were you competing with with Galladay? Who were you competing with? with a, this is how they got into their cap situation before. Like, I've said this from the beginning. I would franchise Barkley, make him play on the one-year deal, let Daniel Jones go seek his market. But they think Daniel Jones is Eli Manning. They think they've got their Eli Manning. Ooh. Man, I... There's no way that Joe Shane, the general manager, and Brian Dayball, they've only been there for a season. You cannot be that much in love with Daniel Jones after one year. I, I, I This would have to I just mean, be purely an ownership deal of like, hey, you need to bring him back. And there's like a directive from the top. I, I, I find it hard to believe that a, a new regime that's been there for one season working with Daniel Jones, yeah, they had success, but they know why they had the success. And in large part, it wasn't because of him. Well, I, I think to me, this is one of these contracts where when it gets announced, don't react, right? When it gets announced, don't react. Because it may get announced that he's making 43 soft, and it's really 28 hard. Then that's yeah. a really good con. Then you say, okay, that's a good deal. So yeah. to me, the Daniel Jones number that we're hearing out there may be, in fact, false. But I'm saying to you is... Who the key thing in free agency is asking yourself the question, who am I competing against? Not everybody. Not everybody's in line to get the rigatoni. Like, who am I competing against? And then you do that. I mean, like, I'll give you a perfect example in basketball. I mean, who were the 76ers competing against for James Harden? And why would they have to pay what they paid to get Harden? Because they got locked in one guy. They became obsessed with Harden, so they overpaid him. They could have traded Simmons to Sacramento for a better deal, but they loved Harden. So when you have these binders on, you make bad deals. The Giants have binders on. Man, that's that's tough, man. And and I think the, the thing that people need to understand is that like when you say who are they competing with, it's who are they competing with at that price? Like, like nobody else that's is right. going to say, oh, We'll match that, you that's for, a great 40 point. for 40. Yeah. It's, that's they, a great like you point. Said, if, that, that's what has to get separated, right? Who yeah. are we competing against at that price? And that's my point. Like, yeah, he's a good player. I want him on the team, but I, I, the numbers got to match. Man, this, <laughs> he's going to get the tag tomorrow. I, I would assume that they tagged Daniel Jones and then they let Saquon Barkley go into the open market to see what he can get out there. I mean, he's going to be probably one of the most talented running backs to hit the open market in quite some time. I think people have been saying since Curtis Martin and way back in the nineties and all that stuff, well, like Curtis didn't hit really the, I mean, Curtis, Curtis wasn't free. They ended up paying for Curtis. They traded a one and a three for Curtis. He was oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Curtis, yeah, going from, uh, from new England over to the New York jets there. Uh, but man, I, I just, I, God bless you, New York Giants fans. <laughs> if this is what ends up happening and they end up overpaying for this guy. But if you said, if they can kind of work around this thing and maybe put the sticker shop number out there to please the agent, but in reality, it's more of a 25 to 28 million per year, then well done. If that's what it ultimately is, then I'll, I'll eat my words and I'll tip my cap to general manager, Joe Shane and the head coach, Brian Dable, if that's what they're able to accomplish there. Uh, but man, you cannot 
be paying 40 million in, in hard cash for Daniel Jones. Just no, 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 no. Jimmy Garoppolo though, you talked about how he is kind of be in that 25 ish range or so maybe a two or three year deal, something a little bit shorter to where he can re up. If he has some success, the Raiders are being seen as the destination for Garoppolo, given his ties to Josh McDaniels during their time in new England. Is there another suitor out there for Garoppolo or is it something to where if the Raiders don't do the Rogers thing, they just bring in Garoppolo to be their quarterback and potentially be that kind of bridge guy. If they also draft a guy uh, in April. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to the deal. I think the Jets are in Garoppolo, too. I think there's about two or okay. three teams in Garoppolo. So I don't think it's just the Raiders in one. I think there's I think there's two or three teams in it. And so, But I think the concern you have when you, when you talk about Garoppolo is, can he stay healthy? I think that's the number one yep. thing. I mean, can he stay, you know, can he, can you get, I mean, if say, let's say the Raiders sign him. Could he help the Raiders win? Yeah, I think there's no doubt. But if he gets hurt, he's not going to help the Raiders win. You know, so that that becomes would he make the Jets a better team? There's no doubt. The one thing about Garoppolo, he endears himself to his teammates, so the team likes him. They rally around him. There's a there's a great camaraderie when he's in there because he's one of the guys. But you got to stay healthy. I mean, that's the biggest concern. Durability and ability go hand in hand. It's the quarterback carousel. It feels like now it's more often the last three, four years. Now we're getting guys moving teams. It makes the off season exciting. And it is another layer in terms of moving impactful players that will ultimately decide who wins the games this upcoming fall. Another Avenue for that is the NFL draft. And we saw this past weekend in Indianapolis, the combine came to a conclusion and Saturday afternoon, I'm not sure what you were doing Saturday afternoon. If you were dialed in watching these guys work out on TV, or maybe you were doing something else, uh, I wouldn't fault you either way. But the quarterbacks was that was the buzz, and we saw C.J. Stroud, we saw Will Levis, and we saw Anthony Richardson all work out. Bryce Young did not throw. He's going to wait to throw at his pro day in Tuscaloosa later on this month. He did, however, weigh in and was measured five ten one eight. 204 celebration all around cleared that 200 threshold. But we talked about how it's not necessarily the number. It's more so the frame, but that didn't stop the celebration though. Anyways. No, I, I think though for Bryce young, look, you know, Bryce young has got incredible skills, right? He's got yeah. great timing. He's accurate. He's got a stronger arm than Tua. he's smart. He's a great leader. See, I think what fans, and I was going to write this tomorrow for visa online, is what fans, they watch the workout, but what really endears teams to these quarterbacks is what happens in the interviews. Because this guy's going to be the guy who you're going to put your franchise in front of. He's going to represent your franchise, right? So mm -hmm. what does that mean? That means he's got to work the hardest. He's got to be dedicated to his craft. He's got to be willing to, to challenge everybody to improve, all those things. So I think... To me, I, I think that's kind of where this this kind of this is where Bryce Young, when he gets in front of you, you know, and people talk about him as you know, great preparation, smart, can reroute, protect, all those things, tremendous. So you know, we'll see if he could do it. The, the question you have to ask yourself is: At five foot ten, can he can he survive in the league playing quarterback? Can he see well enough, and can he stay healthy? You know, the the frame is the most important thing. You know, like for Richardson, it's easy to say, well, this is Cam Newton, timeout. I love Richardson. You know that. Same. But Richardson, you know, Cam Newton won the Heisman and won a national championship. Cam Newton is an elite leader. 
an elite leader. Like Cam Newton walks in a room and the room is his. Okay, so let's put that in perspective. So like that, I'm not sure Anthony's at that level yet. So you got to be a little careful here. But Anthony wows you. And what's going to take Anthony to move up into the draft, maybe to the first pick overall, is can somebody in those interviews, those time that you spend with Anthony, can you feel like he'll do all the things that Jalen Hurts did to make himself a better player? Mm-hmm. And that's got to be that's mm-hmm. got to be something that you, you've got to determine. And that goes on behind the scenes because all the all the great skills they're wonderful to have. However, if you don't have the work ethic, they're not worth it. I think that's a really good, and it's what we talked about immediately after the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts and like the ability for him to get better was because of his mental makeup, and that dates back all the way to his childhood and growing up. Son of a coach goes to Nick Saban in Alabama, and and like he's been, it, it's it's been a long time coming for Hurts, but it's it makes sense as to why he's reached the heights that he has reached here. But Richardson, in terms of his workout. I mean, it was phenomenal. I was watching it Saturday afternoon. He was doing the athletic testing. He had a record in the broad jump, record in the vertical jump. Now, what does that mean towards playing quarterback? Not a whole lot, but still, this is athletics. And if you are the most athletic person, it has to mean a little something. We saw his odds to be the number one overall pick go from about six to one, five to one. He's now down to three to one. So he's just right behind Bryce Young. Bryce Young is the odds-on prohibitive favorite to be the first overall pick. But Richardson over at DraftKings, our show sponsor, has surpassed C.J. Stroud to be the number one overall pick according to the betting market. Now, Stroud also had a really nice day passing. I mean, his fundamentals just off the charts and what he's able to do when he's in the shortened T-shirts there. But it feels like we're kind of down to these three guys, Young, Richardson, Stroud. Let's focus on our guy Richardson, though, because we've talked about him even dating back to early on before the NFL season started it, after his game against Utah week one in college, this dude is off the charts talented. I thought he threw the ball pretty well uh, in, in the, in the workouts as well. And from all indications, the analysts have said that he has crushed the interviews at the combine. So if you tack on his athleticism, his improvement in the passing that he showed at the combine and in his interviews as well, is there a legitimate chance that he could be the number one overall pick? I think it's an interesting question because I think if you're Ryan Poles and you hear all this verbiage about Richardson and you also know that a lot of people like Young and also people like Stroud. So say you're Chris Ballard and you're what, picking fourth, right? Like why would Mm -hmm. I trade to one if I could get one of those three? Why would I trade to, why would I trade to, you know, Houston's going to maybe pick a quarterback, right? Arizona's not going to pick one. They're selling. Maybe I trade to three. See, this is where I think Poles is going to be really careful because there's three of these guys, and all it takes is one team, one head coach to say, I, we, can make Rich, we can make Richardson into Josh Allen. Okay? You know, mm-hmm. we could do that, and we're going to go all in on that. And because if we hit with this thing, you know, now we say, well, where's the evidence? Well, there's no evidence to support it, right? There's no evidence to support it because – the, the tape's too inconsistent. If he would have gone back in the draft, if he would have gone back to Florida and played another year, probably would be the number one pick if he had a great year because his talent is, is, un, is, is clearly obvious. But I think ultimately what Richardson has to do is sell people, not at the combine. I don't buy the bullshit about he had great interviews at the combine. They're 15 fucking minutes, okay? Like there's no, it's not speed dating here, okay? 
Like great it, first it's impression. Gonna take, <laughs> yeah. And so what happens on a first impression? You, you want to go back for a second date. And so there's going to be a lot of people in Gainesville, Florida, this off season, a lot of teams. And that's really where we're, where polls is in a tough spot because our team's ready to pull the trigger today on the first pick overall when they still haven't done all the due diligence on the quarterback, like the saints are, the saints don't want, you know, they don't have a first round pick. They traded it. So the car thing for them makes sense. They're not in the quarterback market, right? Whereas Carolina is Carolina ready to trade up from nine. They don't know. Do they, have they spent enough time with Richardson? Have they spent enough time with, with, you know, with Stroud? Have they spent enough time with someone else? I mean, they have to kind of figure that out. And so Pauls is going to be careful because even though he has the first pick and everybody wants to get to one to get the guy that they want, you could easily just say, okay, I'll take Stroud at four. I'll take Stroud at four and go with it. Yeah. I I mean, that's what the Chargers did. Look, the Chargers just said, they said, we'll take whichever quarterback Miami doesn't take. And so Miami took two and they got Herbert. They got the better one. I mean, it's happened before. And that was in the draft where Joe Burrow was the presumptive number one overall pick, and he went to Cincinnati. And like you said, nobody felt the need to have to go and move all the way up to two or to three to go ahead and get Tua or Herbert there. Stroud is an interesting case because I feel like the knock on him, at least heading into the college football playoff, was that he doesn't do a ton of stuff when the play breaks down. Like he's a traditional pocket passer. But when you ask him to make the second play in the play, then it's not as good. But against Georgia, I think that's the tape that I'm sure a lot of NFL scouts are going to be watching because he made a lot of those out of structure plays, a lot of those kind of secondary plays within the play and making throws on the move. Are there teams that you think that might have Stroud as their QB one ahead of Young and ahead of Richardson? Could Stroud be the number one overall pick? I don't get that sense, but you know, I think Stroud's a, a good option. I think I think some of the anticipation. I think he's still a work in progress in a lot of areas, but he's done a great job and he's thrown the ball effectively. So I, I could. I think to me, Young. You say what's Young's talent, uh, elite skills? His elite skills are his instincts, you know, yeah. and his ability to command the room and be a leader. I mean, if you trade for him, you're getting a legitimate leader. Now I, I'm worried about his size. Because I, you know, a lot of a lot of five ten quarterbacks have been successful, you know, and so does this mean we're in shotgun more? Does this mean we're in under center? I think those are all fair questions to ask yourself. But I, I think at the end of the day, I, I think it, it, the boards are all going to look a little different on this quarterback. I mean, Will Levis is still in this conversation too now. I mean, he had a yeah, good workout at the combine. Has a good, you know, has a good has a good understanding of the offense. Is smart. All those things. So it's like. Because there's no real sure thing, is there a sure thing? And it all comes down to which team is making that pick. Because we, we know the Bears want to shop it. They've committed to Justin Fields. So a, a win for my Fields guy, uh, my guy Justin Fields, he's going to still be the I QB. thought his comment was interesting. Yeah, just pat yourself on the back on that one. I thought, his int- I thought his comments were interesting that we've gone down this road, we need to keep going. Which I think is probably... The, the the thing he wants to do right now, but at the end of the day, he still can't throw the ball well enough. But you got to give him at least a year more to see if he could do it. And I would say this to you. If Caleb Williams was in this draft, Ryan Poles wouldn't be trading the pick. You think he'd be trading the quarterback? 
He betrayed in fields. Yeah. Well, we'll have, we'll have another year of Caleb Williams in college football. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who looks awesome, by the way. He's a ridiculous talent. We'll see if he can carry USC on. Uh, in 2023, but a lot of fascinating stuff with this number one overall pick. I think it's going to be kind of like you said, whichever flavor of ice cream you like and whichever team ends up picking number one is going to decide who ends up hearing their name called first late in April over in Kansas City, which will be the site of the NFL yeah. draft. A lot of great stuff, Michael, on this podcast. We talked a lot of quarterbacks. Next time we just we chat, we'll have the franchise tag deadline passed. We'll be previewing free agency. The NFL offseason is here officially. We're going to start to get the movement. Derek Carr, once again, going to the New Orleans Saints. He just tweeted moments ago, who dat? So I think we got our official uh, announcement there with Carr being excited about going down to New Orleans and being the quarterback of the Saints. But I will talk to you on Thursday. I'll be back in studio. Or unless unless something breaks over the next Unless something breaks, so. yeah. Uh, Which uh, I think could pre- happen. Okay. Do you have any prediction? <laughs> on something that could break you, any 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 nugget that you want. Well, to I, I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get some clarity on Aaron Rodgers. I think we're going to get some clarity on Aaron Rodgers. I think we're going to find out what we talked about earlier in the pod. That yeah, he's going to play and he's not retiring, and they're going to trade him. I mean, it's not going to come out as cleanly as I said that. It's going to be yeah. all hyperball. It's going to be lies, lies, lies. I think <laughs> we're going to we're going to learn more about what the Rams do with their cap and their quarterback situation in the next couple of days. I think there's a lot of things to get to get ironed out. I think the Lamar thing is going to play out over time, but it could. But those things happen quickly once the teams make a decision or they hear what they want to hear. So yeah. you know, could he be back in Baltimore? Yeah. Could he be back somewhere else? Yes. I mean, I thought today's report with Justina Anderson was fascinating because we've been saying that all along that they have to they have to protect their franchise. So we'll just stay remotely available to do an emergency yeah. pod. We will, we will be here. We've got everything set up for the home studios if we need to do that and break down some emergency QB movement. Maybe a J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets for Rogers? Question mark? Give the Jets fans something. So. Give them something, yeah. Michael. Give them something. No doubt. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens later on this week. But thank you once again to DraftKings and VEASAN. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. As always, I'm going to get back to the Sopranos. Michael, I will talk to you Please. on Thursday or maybe earlier than then. But I'll see you then, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) 